Hello and welcome back to another episode of Horribly Happy. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Sophie. We're back at it for another week. Happy Monday. Happy Wednesday. <laughs> happy whatever day of the week it is. Happy day. Happy, happy day. <laughs> How's everything on the St. Paul side of the river, Sophie? Great, as usual. Love. <laughs> Love it Love here. That. Love that for you. Wait, have I ever told you? Well, you sent me that bumper sticker, um, a picture of that bumper sticker the other week, and it was yeah. like St. Paul boring. Yes. Love. But I also one time saw a guy at the bus stop wearing a shirt that says the Bible never mentions Minneapolis. And I thought that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. I, yeah. okay, I didn't know if the keep St. Paul boring sticker was like a positive sticker or a negative sticker. So it's a positive sticker. I take it as positive because it's like it's like stay out of our hood. I well, I don't like that thought of like not in my backyard. Okay, mentality. yeah, that's getting confused about. <laughs> yeah, I I see it as like St. Paul is relatively quieter than Minneapolis. Not as yeah. much going on. The downtown isn't as booming. Um, and I think a lot of people like that because then when they want to do things, they can go to Minneapolis to do it, but then they can retreat to their like little St. Paul neighborhood. Got it. But I don't know if it means like not in my backyard, then I don't, I guess that's a negative to me. I don't really like that thought. But. Okay. I, I think it means the first one, the positive. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> that's how I took it as. Got it. Got it. Okay. Me too. Now, now that I have the explanation. Okay. <laughs> someone can weigh in if they know probably yeah, let us know send us a dm we're typically wrong in most fashions you know where to find us <laughs> <laughs> yeah well my my neck of the woods is is great i'm panic packing at the moment uh, as jenna moves in less than a week and her and zach haven't started packing it's just i think that's pretty typical though I will say you can't pack too early. Like to some extent, you can't start packing too early because it's no, like you I still don't have to live in your live, space. Yeah, I don't want to live out of boxes or anything, but now now is definitely the time to start. So I yeah. will be prioritizing that as soon as we end this recording. With two people, like can I know you guys have a lot of stuff, but you're in like a apartment, isn't like a two-bedroom. And with two people, hopefully it doesn't take forever. Yeah, I it'll be fine. It's just you got to commit some time to it, which yes. I have not. <laughs> you just have to make it a chore of like, I'm going to pack however many boxes tonight. Kind yeah, of thing. I have to get step one is boxes. So <laughs> yeah, awesome. well, I know you're getting some from Hannah, but just so you know, I mean, you can find them on Facebook Marketplace, but just, so you know, they are really cheap at like, yeah, U-Haul if you need to just buy some. They're so cheap. They are. And I actually posted on my local Buy Nothing Facebook group. So if anybody is not a part of your Buy Nothing Facebook group, send the plug. It's a Buy Nothing project. I think that's what it's called. And you can join your neighborhood Buy Nothing group and you just like post stuff that you're trying to give away or get. And it's like sometimes it's super nice. Like I've seen people give away Apple watches on it and iPads like that they just no longer need. And they just like post on their local community page and somebody else gets it 
typically mm-hmm. like they do a drawing and whoever randomly gets it gets it so I did a- I got a AC unit from my buy nothing page oh yeah yeah so you can get like pretty handy stuff like that mm-hmm. so I just like did an ask and I was like boxes for moving and somebody came and, and dropped them off for me which was super nice oh they dropped them off that's so nice yeah so yeah that's a hot tip for anybody in a, in a neighborhood like that you can definitely look into a buy nothing group um I'm excited for where I'm moving because my buy nothing group that I'm currently in is so freaking competitive yeah it is so hard to get anything like because just so many people comment on it and then they always do a drawing yeah so even if it's like literally like a cooking spoon it's like five fifty people on it and like okay this is just like ridiculous so in my new buy nothing group that I'm moving to it's a lot quieter so there's still people posting every day but it's not as competitive and you can only be in one buy nothing group FYI so yeah so I left my current one I already joined my new one because I wanted to see what the hype was about yeah when I moved I did that like it was like one of the first days I moved back to St. Paul I swapped the buy nothing groups which was (laughs) funny um yeah I didn't Jenna actually told me about it a couple years ago I didn't know about it but you should people in the area should search their neighborhood and see if there's one on Facebook yeah so super cute um concept um well you had a fun weekend oh my goodness I am mentally and physically exhausted but I'm excited to be recording still but yeah it was a super fun weekend I know I'm like my eyes are half open right now yeah um I did a little sister trip my sisters Meg and Erin we went to Door County Wisconsin which is like essentially like labeled as the Cape Cod of the Midwest (laughs) (laughs) I've Um, never heard that and I've never been shockingly it's cute as a button um so we we typically go to the North Shore of Lake Superior that's past Duluth for our trips. And it's lo- it's so pretty. Like up there, there's so much great hiking, camping, lodging, and like tiny, cute little towns. Um, so I was excited to see what Door County was about because it's similarly on a great lake, but it's on Lake Michigan instead of Lake Superior. And it's like a little peninsula. So there's tiny little towns all around the peninsula um, and stuff to do. So it's similar to the North Shore in some ways, but in some ways it's a lot different. I feel like the North Shore is more of like an adventure, like hiking, camping, like wood cabins, where um, Door County is more of like a vacation spot. Um, Yeah, sounds like a wide variety of people could enjoy their time in door county whereas like if you go up north it it's like a little bit more woodsy outdoorsy yeah kind of vibes yes yeah, so north exactly. shore i should say yeah yeah it was super cute um we booked our trip at our our tickets or sorry we didn't we drove we booked our hotels late um with a proper januska fashion and we got like one of the last hotel rooms available in Door County. Uh, we stayed in Egg Harbor. City names are all so cute. Um, and it was it was an okay place to stay. 
If I would go back, we would have decided that we were booking the trip months ago and we would have got like a cute Airbnb or something. But, you know, you live in it was still a place to slumber. But there are so many cute places around. So if I go back, I'm for sure going to do like a little Airbnb or bed and breakfast somewhere. Love that. Love that. Yeah. So, oh, so cute. So there's like Egg Harbor, Fish Creek, Sister Bay, Bailey's Harbor. Like the names are just so cute. Cute. Yeah, I know. And the east side of the peninsula is known as like the quiet side. And then the west side is like where the more like popular towns are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say like if you're going to stay on the west side, because that's where like the cute restaurants are, the cute shops are. If I were to go back, I would try and stay in Fish Creek. Um, but all of the cities or they're not cities at all all the towns are so close to each other it's like a 15 yeah. minute drive between each town yeah um, so it doesn't really matter where you stay but fish creek seemed to be the place that was bumping the most um as far as like cute shops and restaurants um and i would stay there and then drive to the east side to do things during the day because it was definitely less crowded on the east side and it's like a 15 to 20 minute drive to the east side um, and it's definitely cooler, in my opinion, on the east side because you're on Lake Michigan's like uh, facing east, so it's not a bay. On the west side, it's Green Bay. Oh, yeah, that makes um, sense. And it's a bit more crowded. Lots of families, lots of kids. The beaches are really crowded. Oh, okay. So on the other side, it's like Quiet, really, yeah. really cool. Like we went cliff jumping. Like there was a sand oh. dune beach. Like so cool. Um, I definitely like we spent four days there and there's still so much more to do so I'm definitely gonna go back some of the highlights were cliff jumping um and then we also went to a fish boil last night which is like tradition in Lake Michigan I guess it's like a traditional thing yeah um so this dude came out and like story did some storytelling about the uh fish boil traditions while he did this huge fish boil in front of us so basically wow. like a big steaming pot and it was like absolutely delicious it was like wow. white, white fish from great white fish from lake michigan freshly caught that morning oh my gosh but definitely recommend really fun lots of sister bonding we got we're pretty snippy at each other on the drive home (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say any fights (laughs) because we were tired and wanted to be home but besides that no fights all good all good things lots of good sister bonding what's what um highway do you take out of the cities to get there you go towards like Hudson okay got it don't know what highway that is 35 I think right maybe sure I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I, I was just curious, like, where you start going. But going towards Hudson, yeah. that makes sense. And then you drive across the whole state of Wisconsin. So it was, like, a five-and-a-half-hour drive. Yeah. So I'm a little tired. There. My weekend wasn't as eventful, but I have an update. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say it's a dating update, but it's not really. Just the guy that gave me his plant. He gave me three plants. Before he moved to California, if everyone and remembers, he questionably him. probably bought two of them. Yeah, the two he bought are indeed dead, and no well, way. 
So one of them, one of them is flowers. That makes sense. Like, I'm not sure if they're like, I don't really know. I'm like, okay, Okay. were these going to die? Was I supposed to plant these outside? I don't know. The other one is a snake plant. And I'm like, these are so easy. Why is it dead? And I have, yeah, you have one. I have two other snake plants and they're totally fine. So I, I don't really know. So, um, kind of a wash (laughs) on the, okay. Normally, like if you buy plants from like, let's say where, where should we say somewhere that Bachman's Bachman's. Yeah. Which is like a nice place to buy plants. The plants are like treated well and it should be like a nice transition versus if you buy plants at like Cub Foods. It might yeah. not be the best plant you're getting. So maybe he did that. He just like yeah. and went and bought like some plants at Cobb and then gave them to you. Yeah. Super strange. Um, so guess I'm going to toss those. But I bought a plant a few weeks ago. It's this. I'm looking at it. String of pearls. Like oh, yeah, the, the little. String of pearls. Yeah. It's like dying. I don't know what to do. I'm so sad. How long ago? A few weeks ago. Oh, I think those plants are finicky. I know. I would go to my favorite search engine, TikTok, and type in string of string of pearls, pearls for okay. some care tips. Yeah, I'm it, I'm going to keep it and see if it will revive itself, but it's not looking good. Um, so I guess that one was kind of my own fault. But the other two, I don't know where this. Yeah, I don't know where this guy got his plants. Um it was nice while it lasted. Yeah. Yeah. Same it was a good age. gesture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> anyway, should I text him? Should I be like, not doing so well? Hopefully- Just send a, send a picture and nothing else. <laughs> Hopefully Callie is <laughs> treating you well. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you feel better than these plants. Yeah. No, I won't. I'm not going to reach out to him. But anyway, that's that's my update. I thought people would maybe find it funny. I think it's kind of funny. I love it. Well, rest in peace. <laughs> the little babies. Yeah. Um, this week upcoming, got a busy week with uh, basketball playoffs. We'll give you an update on how it goes. Sophie's not attending. <laughs> I'm not. I won't be there. Um <laughs> Last regular season volleyball game on Wednesday, and then we have playoffs. Yep. And then we have Sarah's bachelorette party this weekend, so we'll give all the updates next week. Yeah, we're going to be some woo girls this weekend. Very excited. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, with that upcoming busy week and me needing to get packing, I'm going to go into my first story. (laughs) Please. All right, cool. So... Oh, wait, sorry. Before you go in, I just have one more thing. There's been like a pretty big update in the Parkland shooting case with some like trials and the conspiracy theorists. So I just want to tell people, I will touch on it. Maybe I'll make it a horrible story or next time we do updates, I will talk about it. But if you're like, why didn't she update on that? Um, It's on my radar. Okay. That's it. Yes. And I also had a personal story not me, but somebody that's close to me, uh, with wilderness therapy that I totally forgot to add. So we'll have to add that in as well. Okay. So we'll, 
we'll either do you know that as a, a segment or in the next updates yeah hold each other accountable yes okay right. so my story my horrible story are the delphi oh my gosh you did this I, <laughs> you did this today yes <laughs> okay sophie's asking because i came home from my trip an hour ago and in the last 30 minutes i put this together but i was researching it on my trip okay so i did the research before and then i put it together so i didn't okay for 30 minutes that would be not enough time for this story <laughs> yeah because I was like this is a huge story okay okay yeah, I'm ready is. I'm ready okay so the Delphi murders are also known as the Snapchat murders and trigger warnings of sexual abuse of minors and murder uh, in this story um, and my sources are all that's interesting.com wikipedia and fox59.com um, so I just want to, before diving into this story, and this kind of applies to all of the stories that we ever talk about, um, we are not coming at this, like, as a place of entertainment. It's more like we're so fascinated in these, like, unsolved cases, and we want the victims to find justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and my sources today did a good job of that these murders the delphi murders have a weird pocket of the internet where it feels like disrespectful with how they cover the story and like they're really disrespectful to the family of the girls that were murdered Um, and that just makes me feel really icky so my sources today i feel like we're like sourced responsibly and yeah i know it's kind of like contradictory to say like oh, this isn't for entertainment while we're doing a podcast for it. But I believe that you can like respectfully cover stories and that's what we try to do here. Yeah. Um. So this is a story of Abby Williams, who was 13 and Libby Germain, which is who was 14. So Liberty or Libby German and Abigail, Abby Williams were best friends and they went everywhere together. In February of 2017, they were about halfway through eighth grade and had a day off from school in their small town of Delphi, Indiana. Libby's sister dropped off the two in a well-known outdoor area, and the teens took a walk down some historic wooded trails on the east side of town and ended up up stepping onto the old Monon High Railroad Bridge. So this is like an old wooden railroad bridge. It was a very popular popular local spot for photographers and nature walk- watchers, and the girls uh, were exploring there and documenting their explorations on Snapchat. Um, so Libby actually posted a few Snapchat photos, one of just the bridge and then one of Abby on the bridge, um, and actually posted it to Snapchat that day. So the girls realized they weren't alone, or so it seemed based on the evidence um a man was walking towards them wearing jeans a hoodie and a coat and his hands in his pocket and for unknown reasons libby took out her phone and recorded a video of the man um we're not sure why libby recorded that video but her decision to do that seemed to be really important as it's some of the only evidence that they have in the case uh that video hasn't been released to the public right the one second of the video has been released and it shows the man 
so they first released a still image of this man and it's like blurry but it's not so blurry where I think somebody who knows the person would not be able to recognize them and Delphi is a small town so like yeah the 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 photo like if I saw my dad not it's not my dad but if I saw my dad in a in a blurry photo like that I would be like no like that's my dad or that's Um, probably my dad that looks like him yeah yeah exactly and then they released they released a video it's literally just a one second video but it's of this man walking on the bridge um and it kind of looks like he has like a weird gate or stuff that's right but yeah. it's also a weird bridge where it's like rotting in some places so if it's dangerous to walk on you might be like a little more hesitant walking on it but mm-hmm. they released that clip i think just to show like the mannerisms of the person yeah and only yep only one second of the video okay so that was the last time the girls were seen alive and the recordings on Libby's phone were collected by the police. Um, and it also had a chilling recording of a man's voice. So these two pieces of evidence remain the only evidence ever released to the public um, in the beginning stages of the investigation. The voice of the video says, down the hill. Mm-hmm. So I've heard that. Calling the girls down the hill. Um, all right. So when Abby and Libby did not come back for their pickup time at 5 30 PM, their parents reported them missing and a massive search ensued. Ultimately, it ended up in the discovery of the girl's body about a half mile from the bridge where they began their winter walk 24 hours earlier, which is just devastating. Authorities conducted autopsies of the girl's body the following day, as well as two days following the murders. The Delphi murders autopsy reports remain sealed to this day to protect the ongoing investigation. Yeah. State police served a search warrant at a nearby property, but no arrests were made. To date, more than 30,000 tips have come to the police and every one of those leads have been followed up on. Yet there has been no case break in the case, although authorities believe it takes just one piece of the puzzle to solve the horrific Delphi Indiana murders. So there are three key pieces of evidence that have been released by authorities to date of of this first article. The first is a grainy image of a man walking towards the girls along the trails. The image came from a video found on Libby's phone, and the man is wearing a navy blue jacket and a distinct hat. The second piece is the short video clip, which says a man's voice commanding down the hill. Authorities believe that that voice is from that man mm-hmm. that they saw on the bridge. Um, interesting. Later, the police released more of the clip, but it was literally just one second more of the clip. And instead of just saying down the hill, it said girls down the hill. So okay. it was like yeah. directly talking to the girls down the hill. Yeah, I remember that. All right. The third piece of, of evidence were composite sketches. So there was actually two composite sketches made. One was based on the video uh, and it looks like like an older man with um, like a goatee. Uh, And then there was also a composite sketch of a younger man that had like a more roundish face with curly hair. And he was believed to be seen 
in that area on that day by a witness. So that's why that sketch was made. But the two sketches have caused a lot of confusion because Mm -hmm. the investigators have gone back and forth telling the public which one to focus on. Yeah. Um, So for the longest time, those were the only three pieces of evidence. Um, And there was really not a lot of information given to the public. And this was a really widely known case because it's two young girls and there's, you know, the chilling photo evidence and video evidence. Um, and there's some reasons to believe like why the police are holding tight information. So Paul Holes is a retired homicide investigator. Um, and he actually helped bring the Golden State Killer case to a close recently. Um, so he offered his own theories on why police have been stingy with information. Law enforcement, when they hold back information, it's not to keep the public in the dark. It's really to help benefit the case knowing a little bit about that case because I briefly consulted with one of the investigators shortly after the Golden State Killer case I know that they have a tough investigation ahead and that they're doing everything they can to try to get that case solved um you know just like a little glimpse from the other side although from the public side and the family side it's super frustrating because you just know there's more evidence there's some um I believe it's it's fact or it's speculation i guess it's speculation because i don't know if it's fact um but that the police actually have a 40 second video instead of one second video um and yeah i mean there's all to some extent there's always this hold back information with every unsolved case because um it also like helps one reason is like it helps rule out um false um yeah people that are (laughs) yeah um i don't know why i'm drawing a blank people who are saying they did the crime but they false confessions you know then they'll be like yes um so there's always like some some type of holdback evidence but i mean i also get i mean i guess i don't know like all the reasons why but i also can feel like it makes sense that they don't just like tell the public everything that they know right no it it makes sense but it's almost like oh if you just told us a little bit more maybe somebody in that town would be able to know who it was yeah if you don't if nobody's coming forward with a photo like that that you think would be a home run yeah that's why being it tight-lipped super interesting yeah so yeah for the longest time and when I first started looking into this case those were the only details and it's it was so infuriating and um true crime garage did a really good recap on um this case and they just like you can tell that they really care about the victims and want this to get solved um and i'd recommend listening to their podcast for a deep dive however recently in 2022 there's been updates so this happened back in 2017 And like I said, for the longest time, those were the only things that were coming out. However, there has been a few suspects come to light. I'm not going to go over all of them. I'm just going to go over the few that are the most interesting and the ones that had the most recent, uh, most recently come to light. Um, And this is due to an investigative podcast called The Murder Sheets. Um, And this podcast is hosted by a wife and husband and the wife is a journalist and the husband is a lawyer or vice versa. I can't remember which one. Nice. um, (laughs) Yeah. And I 
did listen to a few of their episodes and I did some research on them because they were interviewed by a few news sources as well. And I think they go about this in a nice way. I was just like really hesitant to cover part of this case because people are so terrible on the internet. Um, Libby's sister, the one that dropped them off, is really involved in in the case and finding justice for her sister and her friend. Yeah. And people are so rude to her. Like they, they've even gone as far to accuse her of hiding information and being involved. So that's why I'm like really finding good, wow. good sources yeah. for this story. Um, and she talks about how like there's a place for media and podcasts and journalism, but also part of the true crime community is just like disgusting and, and here for entertainment and shock value. And they don't actually care about the victims or the family. Yeah. And I agree with her. Um and I mean, the way she's treated is terrible. So yeah. um, the host of the murder sheets do a really nice job if you're interested in looking into them more. But they are like doing their own investigative journalism. So they're just not rep- they're not just reporting on like what they see in the media. Um, yeah. They actually do their own journalism and reporting. Got it. Super. Interesting. So recently. In this spring of 2022, investigative podcast, The Murder Sheets, found a new document revealing a police interview with Keegan Klein. So Keegan Klein was actually, did you hear anything about a um, fictitious online persona? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, now I remember that. Yes. So um, after silence for a while investigators came out with asking the public if they had any information on anthony shots who his online profile was like a model pictures of a man um and they were saying we are not interested in the photos of this man this is a fake profile we want to know who's behind the profile so if you've spoken to anthony shots if you've done you know had any communication with this person please let us know okay um so through the investigators work they found that the account was alleged to have belonged to a 27 year old man named keegan anthony klein at the time of the press release klein was being held in miami county jail for 30 alleged crimes including child exploitation possession of child pornography child solicitation for sexual intercourse and obstruction of justice so he is really a bad dude yeah um and it became it became apparent that he was using this anthony shots profile for soliciting um information um inappropriate photos and um yeah you know uh contact with minors yeah contact with minors with underage children yeah uh so he was in uh miami county jail however the murder sheets podcast like i was talking about actually found a interview revealing keegan klein by looking in the court records um so they could see the whole interview that the police did with keegan klein regarding the um regarding the the profiles regarding the delphi murders oh okay so not just you know, in his Miami arrest, but they also looked into it, um, it. the Delphi murders. Um, And they released, the Murder Sheets podcast released this um, transcript transcript to local news, but they redacted information that they thought shouldn't be public. 
Okay. So even though police, like the files were for public consumption because they were in um, the court, like public courts, it wasn't redacted, but there's some information that was redacted. I think that after the podcast consulted with local law enforcement, they decided on what should be redacted. Okay. All right. So in the interviews, it's revealed that Klein was sending messages back and forth with Libby the night before she died and was set to meet her on Monon High Bridge the next day. And that's where those photos were taken. However, yes. However, Klein's cell phone was traced to his grandparents' house in Peru, Indiana, the day the girls were murdered. And Klein said his father, Tony Klein, was the only other person with access to his social media account. So police haven't revealed any more information about this. But based on... Wait, how old was this guy? I think he's like in his 30s. He's His dad has... He's 27. So his dad has access to his social media account. So his dad knows what he's doing no i know so that's i didn't do a super deep dive into keegan anthony klein because okay. the police haven't like they're questioning him but they didn't come forward and say like he's a person of interest okay um we only found out this information because the murder sheets found that released document which like maybe that was a mistake and was supposed to not be like a document for public consumption yeah um so keegan and his father are still being looked into however it's it's they haven't even been named a person of interest yeah it's definitely possible they're involved in some capacity but it seems as though investigators are saying like it's um Keegan had an alibi for the mm-hmm. day the girls were murdered, but it's really strange that they were supposed to meet up there. Yeah. Um, so it's not really adding up. And I think that the f- sketch of the person that was younger with curly hair kind mm-hmm. of looks like Keegan Klein. Okay. Interesting. But so I guess the dad's like kind of sketchy too, if you look into it. However, like police haven't like deep dived into this, these two people for the public consumption because they're still trying to keep things, you know, close to their chest. So I don't want to like also dive deep. The the murder sheets dives deep into these two people. So if you want more information on them, definitely listen to that podcast. They're a person of interest. It's really sketchy. Um, After the girls were found deceased I guess somebody had Libby's phone and was going through like all of her contacts and like who she had contact with the previous days and they messaged Anthony Schatz quote-unquote and said I can't remember exactly like it's terrible what happened to Libby or something like that just like trying to get information up and this person said yeah I was supposed to meet them but they never showed or something like that. Hmm. Um, but possibly could just be saying that to cover their tracks. Yeah. Um, all right. So that was a major break in like the public's knowledge of the case. However, like it's still super unknown. Um, yeah. 
Then in May of 2022, the murder sheet also broke another story um, regarding a search warrant conducted in March of 2017 of the man who owned the property that the girls' bodies were found. So the search warrant was written by an FBI agent um, and it alleged that Ron Logan, that was the owner of the property, created a false alibi for his whereabouts the day the murder took place. And he claimed he wasn't home when the killings occurred on his land. Um, His land was about a half a mile away from Monon High Bridge. And Mm -hmm. the girls' bodies were found 1,400 feet away from his house. Okay. So not very far. Yeah. His alibi uh, was supposedly cooked up three hours before the bodies were discovered. Um, and the search warrant revealed new details about the crime scene, including that the victims lost a significant amount of, bu- of blood and that Libby shot 43 seconds of video on her cell phone, um, which included his directive for the girls to go down the hill. Yeah. It also was shown that items of clothing had been taken and the bodies were positioned or staged in a manner that the kill- killer may have taken a photograph of the scene. Okay, so a judge also approved the seizure of Logan's guns and knives and sampled his bloods and bodily fluids were taken uh, off of his electronic devices, which is like, okay, gross. Yeah. Logan was never charged in the case, and it's unknown if uh, he was linked to the murders. However, a month later, after the girls were found, Logan was sentenced to four years in prison for violating his drunk driving conv- conviction probation and he was sentenced to four years in prison because he was quote-unquote driving the day the girls went missing that was his false alibi oh so he created an alibi three hours before the girls were even found he called somebody and and said if somebody asks will you tell them i was here today which uh required him to drive there and he wasn't supposed to be driving. So he was sent to prison anyways. And recently it has been reported that Logan died this past January. However, if you look at pictures of Logan, he looks so similar to the video. Oh no. He looks so similar to it. What's his full name? His full name is ron logan so we'll put pictures on our instagram yeah definitely go and check those there's also the police or sorry not the police the media interviewed him after the girls died because it was the girls were found on his property and they the media asked him to say down the hill and it sounds so similar that is so crazy. Him and saying it, down the hill. Yeah. Ugh. Have you, do you see him? Yeah. That's nuts. So I obviously, there's so much, you know, spinning in my head. Um, this Anthony Schatz fake person, Keegan Klein seems super super suspicious and so mm-hmm. does his dad but also this guy looks p- very similar to the video 
I don't know what the answer is. Police are still being very tight-lipped, but these two suspects are like huge, huge breaks forward in the case. Yeah. For years, it was just silent. Ugh. Do you think he looks similar to the picture? Yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah, I feel like it has to be one of these two guys. Like, it's it's too much of a coincidence yeah. that, like, both of them are, like, we're not involved in some way. Like, not saying that they work together. I just feel like one of them was involved. Right. And, like, okay, so I'm so torn because this man looks so, so similar to the man on the bridge. Ron looks so similar to the man on the bridge. But how much of a coincidence is it that Keegan, a.k.a. Anthony Schatz, was messaging about the bridge that day? Right. That, yeah. And maybe it's a combination of things. Like, maybe the girl's went to the bridge to meet quote-unquote Anthony Schatz and then this Ron guy showed up and they were yeah. freaked out and took a video of him. Yeah. Yeah, I I knew there was some updates in the case. I didn't know like how deep they went and I didn't realize that a podcast, like investigative podcast, uncovered these. So yeah. some um, podcasts aren't even like deep dive some other like true crime podcasts aren't even diving deep into these suspects because um the police haven't like you know come forward with more details on it yeah um but it's definitely some movement and hopefully we can it hopefully something you know pushes forward where there's yes for Libby and Abby oh I hope so. Wow. I knew there were updates as well, but I, I have purposely like not Googled them because you mentioned that you wanted to go over them. So did, did they, you follow? I feel like I got a little jumbled there. No, I really did. Okay, good. Um, yeah, I'm like tempted to go listen to, was it the murder letters? The murder sheets. The murder sheets. Yeah. There's a lot of like updates because they just like do updates as they find more information so I need to I listen to like some recaps I need to go back and listen to all of them mm-hmm. yeah and that reminds me I started listening to um the Murdoch murders Murdoch murders podcast yeah by I'll say who it's by um because I think this is an important dis- dis- important distinction as well um because mandy is her name i know mandy okay the murdoch murders podcast by mandy matney okay Um, she is an investigative journalist that actually lives in the area where the murdoch murders took place so Mm -hmm. she was investigating this story firsthand anybody else that is doing a podcast on this um writing coverage on this story is likely getting information from Mandy. So she is like the news breaking journalist. Like she's doing all of the interviews. She is getting this information. Um, she was actually doing investigative work on this case before the son and wife were killed. 
So she yeah, there's goes, so many uh, episodes. Yeah. So I highly recommend the podcast. I've been listening to it. Um, she does have vocal fry really bad, which so <laughs> does Sophie and I, and she, <laughs> I guess people are just so nasty to her about it. So in her podcast, she says like, please leave me a five-star review unless you're going to give me shit about my vocal fry. Um, okay. So, Fair warned. Yeah. You're warned, but I think it's so good because it's information coming from her and she's actually doing the investigating. Like, yeah, other people are getting information from her. (laughs) Got it. And the murder sheets seem to be doing, you know, the same thing with a few other cases as well. So, yeah, that's my story. Hopefully we'll have updates. I. This story haunts me. It's I know. Hopefully they're close. I don't know. You know, sometimes you like, or like, uh, you just when you're like kind of giving up and not thinking about it anymore, then they're just like, we solved it. But I know, obviously, a lot of times it doesn't go that way. I know. Hopefully. Well, thanks for covering All that. Right. Yes. Let's shift. Okay. My story this week is on Andy Grammer's song and music video for Fresh Eyes. Do you know who Andy Grammer is? <laughs> yeah, I do. You know that song? Yeah, I do. Okay. Do you know anything about it? No, I know nothing about it. It's just have, like you watched, have you watched the music video? No. Should I pause and watch it? Um, no. Okay. Well, you can watch it after. Um, okay. Okay, so my sources this week are iHeart.com, Pop Inquire, Wikipedia, and the EW um, website. So Andrew Charles Grammer, I don't know why it seems so funny. His name is Andrew, uh, is an American singer, songwriter, and record producer. Some of his more popular songs include Keep Your Head Up and Fine By Me, which I just have to pause because the song Keep Your Head Up came out when we were in high school I remember that yeah and didn't you get your shoe signed no that was Eric Hutchinson oh okay (laughs) um no and this is when we were in high school I think we were seniors or juniors I can't remember and our football team was in playoffs and we like drove to Zimmerman or whatever to watch their game Jenna was dating one of the football players at at the time (laughs) and they I don't know where the story is going. And they lost. And like, thus us fans, like us high school fans, not me and not you were singing, started singing the song, gotta keep your head up to like make them feel better. And, um, your ex-boyfriend like later said that they like hated that people were singing that so much. And and you and I weren't singing because like, we felt kind of awkward. Like, I think it was like half and half. And then we like told everyone the next day it's school like don't sing that next yeah time. don't sing that. they don't like it anyway, it was just a fun That's story hilarious. That I don't recall that at all I'm sad um, your ex I remember I feel like I texted him and was like um shake it off or like something like kind of like get over it <laughs> and he was like no nah. he was pissed yeah <laughs> um bless his soul um he <laughs> high school sports man like guys take that too no, seriously and, and we've been there as well oh for sure anyway I just thought that was a funny side story but 
Okay. So the song Fresh Eyes was released in 2016 and was actually like thought up about um, Andy after he saw his wife's reflection in a bathroom mirror and he just was like in complete awe of her. So in an interview, he describes, we were on vacation. I woke up before her and I was in the bathroom where I could see her through the door. She woke up and the first thing she did was started rapping Big Sean. And I was like, who are you? I don't even know. I didn't even know you knew this song. And he said that just like the meaning behind it is reminding um, or like, like refalling in love with someone that you've been with for a while. So it was like. They, I think they've been married for like a handful of years at this point. And obviously like he loved her, but it just was like kind of a fun new feeling. And I don't know, a new kind of love he felt. That's sweet. Um, it is sweet. So that's like the meaning behind the song. And then now we're pivoting to the meaning behind the music video. And we have to go back to where Andy Grammer's career first started. So he started out as a street performer on the Santa Monica promenade in los angeles and yeah he claims i was a street performer where nobody gave a crap i slowly built it up from there i'm lucky to get a little bit success i was lucky to get a little bit of success from radio and the snowball kind of picked up more steam so for this music video he actually approached union rescue mission which is on la's skid row i believe it's the longest running um like rescue mission in um, Los Angeles. Okay. And it houses over a thousand people every night. He invited interested individuals at the rescue mission into a trailer for a makeover complete with like new wardrobe with new wardrobe and haircut. And so essentially he like got, I don't even know how many people and he had a team they recorded and they just like gave a bunch of these people like um, a makeover. And for some of them, like ha- they haven't been like, they haven't had a haircut or whatever, in however long and like brand new clothes. So the style, so first they like picked out their outfit um, and then they would sit in the styling chair and the stylist would make it a surprise. So they like spin them around and like. For men, I think they did like facial hair stuff. For women, they did makeup. And then for everyone, they did hair. And only at the very end of their transformation, like they um, could see um, what the stylist did. And the mirror was also a two-way mirror. So they had like a camera on the other side so they could like see the reaction head on uh, as they turn around. So one of the clients told uh, the production team, it's really sweet to just feel like somebody cares. We're down here and not all of us are just drug addicts or like, I know what, I know that when you look at me, you think that I'm a total screw up, but some of us have just come on hard times and we're still trying to get out. Yeah. So that was the idea. It's a really, really, really sweet music video. And I'm watching it right now. <laughs> oh, good. Andy Grammer <laughs> donated all the proceeds from that song to the homeless shelter. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. So that's, that's really sweet. I know. Aww. Isn't it cute? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a really nice, um, meaning behind that. I, I think that song is really sweet. I had mm-hmm. no idea that I have never even watched that music video, but it has 7.6 million views. So 
in, in college for sure <laughs> in college when like me and my girlfriends we would like pregame the pregame like when we were you know young and yeah. could keep up and <laughs> we just like got into this like habit of we'd put on music videos of like our favorite songs and I remember yeah. this was like always in the rotation because it, it's a really good song it's like cute and catchy yeah and we're, like this music video is so cute and oh my gosh stop I'm <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> Isn't it so cute? We wear makeovers. Everybody's like cheering for them. Oh, yeah, I love that. So That's cute. So yeah, I mean, everybody deserves to feel like that. That's really sweet. Yeah. Super sweet. No, no matter the circumstance, even if they are drug addicts. Yeah, I know. Like, I was hesitant to put. Yeah, I was like that quote wasn't to say like oh well just because they were drug addicts I mean but yeah you're you're totally right and like you just don't know people's stories yeah oh love okay everybody's homework is to go watch that music video yeah I'll we'll like post stills from it but yeah um, go watch the full video and it's a good song so super good (laughs) that's so that makes my heart warm I know it's so cute well the rest of your homework is to go to our instagram and look at our recent posts to see all of the comparisons that we were talking about with the horrible story and give us a follow and then also smash that subscribe button rate review subscribe people are uh reviewing us on spotify so those numbers are going up as well so so much heart 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 all right we love you have a great week and stay happy As happy as you can be. Bye. Bye.